Uh, just read that passage over and over again. Isn't that encouraging? God is good. Well, um, let me tell you real quick as a reminder, we're going to be doing the Lord's Supper today. So if you have not received one of these, if they're right in the back, please feel free to step up and, and grab one. Um, and we'll take the Lord's Supper after the, the sermon today. Also, too, I'd like to give you encouragement to read the Word of God. Today, read Psalm 118, verses 5 through 6. Just read that passage, Psalm 118, verses 5 through 6, over and over again, and see how the Lord speaks to you. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you today, Lord, asking your blessing to be placed upon us, but also those watching and those who are not able to watch currently, Lord, because something else is going on in their life. God, we pray that you just be with all of us to remember that you love us and you have not forsaken us. That through faith in Christ, you're always with us. Help us to remember that, Lord. God, we also ask that you be with all the churches and the missionaries and the people that are gathering under your name right now and those that will gather. Because, God, we're all in this together. We are the body of Christ. We're all accomplishing the exact same mission and that your name be glorified. Help us to see that. Help us to live that. And understand that there is a partnership with all Christians together in the name of Jesus. So we all can be encouraged in the Lord. God, we also ask too that as we go through the passage today, Lord, that you reveal the sins in our life. Expose them. Lord, we do things we don't even realize, but your Holy Spirit, he can reveal things to us and then change us from the inside out so we can lay all of our sins at the cross, clinging to the cross of Christ with an empty hand of faith saying, help us, help us. And God, you will, you will, you have made good on that promise. So fill us then with love, hope, and peace so we can live the faith consistently before you, Lord. And speak of your mighty works amongst the nations, amongst our neighbors, amongst our families. To say Jesus is the all in all. Amen. You know, uh, I always like to start off speaking about the world. Because we forget it. We forget this. That the world is, is on a mission to have you invest your time and your energy into things that don't ultimately matter. To be consumed with focusing your best thoughts and your deepest emotions into its ways of just pure emptiness. You know, to keep you pinned down and locked into this small box of doom and fear and worry so your mind stays restless and frantic, but never thankful in the Lord. You know, the world's nightmare is that you would dare to think and say, you know what, whatever happens is okay with me, for I have Christ and that is enough. And carry on this attitude and demeanor of thankfulness in the Lord. To live freely in this world by placing all your troubles and woes and worries in the hands of Christ and being thankful in Him. 
That is preposterous. That's a preposterous thing to do in this world. To admit that you don't have all the answers and to outrageously say, this world doesn't have all the answers either. But Christ does and you're thankful for him and what he's doing in your life, even if you don't understand it, that's offensive to the world. To realize and speak the truth that this world is hopeless. All its politics and its education, its philosophies and its governmental policies. All of it are hopeless and will end up just causing more doom, sin and pain in our lives. It's, that's a scandalous thing to say according to the world. But that is what is so freeing about the gospel message. It says if you place your faith in Christ... All your sins are forgiven. You have favor with God. You are now free in Christ as you live in this world so you can always have a heart of thankfulness in Him. That no matter your past, no matter your current state of life, no matter what happens to you in the future, you are free and you are loved by God and all things are working for your good. That you have become more than a conqueror over this world because Not only have you been freed, but the very things that that are meant to break you down, to scare you, to make you fear, and to make you hate, to make you grow in pride and arrogance and envy, to make you grow in sin, all these things are powerless now before you. Even death is powerless before you. All of it is turned into working for your betterment. For not only have they lost the power over you, but by God's grace, through faith in Christ, they are working now for your betterment in Him. In Christ, by faith, you always win. Because Christ has won everything for you by His perfect life on your behalf. Romans 8, 28 says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to His purpose. Romans eight thirty seven says, In all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Those don't lie. That's not lies. For Christ and His victory over sin and death He has accomplished everything for us through faith in Him. So we always have a reason to be thankful in the Lord, no matter what's going on in our life. But we so easily forget to be thankful in the Lord for all that He's doing with us and doing with all all the other Christians in our life. And sadly, the world is very good at keeping us to forget that, or at least to make very little of what God is doing in our life and others. So we end up trying to accomplish things on our own, in our own strength. We try to control things in our lives and try to control others', others thinking, thinking that, that, that if they just listen to us more, that that will fix things. It never does. We just tend up to make more problems and exhaust ourselves in trying to do so. We always need to remember that only Christ and his ways can transform anything. For he is the one who changes the heart, which is always the issue at hand. But here's the thing. He's doing it on his own time and in his own ways. 
So we need to always go back to him by faith alone and his gospel message of grace every day to be reminded of the freedom we have in him and that he is changing us and others through faith in him. And that's basically Paul's prayer in this massive prayer of Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 23, which we just read. So today we're only going to look at verses 15 through 16a, which just means the first half of verse 16 of this prayer. And see, as our title says, how to grow in thankfulness. So we're going to get right into the text. So Paul says in verses 15 through 16, For this reason, because I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you. Paul starts off with, for this reason, referring back to all the spiritual blessings that he's just mentioned in verses 3 through 14. Paul is saying, in light of these amazing blessings in the Lord and what he has done for the believers through the giving of his Son and how they are now sealed by the Spirit through faith in Christ, Paul gives thanks to God for them, this church, and their faith in Christ and their love towards fellow Christians. Now, on the outset, that might seem kind of simple enough, right? And we'll just move on with our life and be done and be like, okay, great. But here's the thing. I want us to realize something. First, when, when Paul is saying that he is thankful for their faith in Christ, understand he's saying he's thankful for their continual faith in Christ, and not just that they had believed in the past, but it's their continuation of having faith in Christ. That's what he's thankful for God for, or thankful to God for. And this brings us to our first point of how to grow in thankfulness. Remember that people have faith in Christ. Now, I know, again, I know you guys are probably asking, well, what's so special about that? You know, what's so special about understanding that Paul is grateful to God that they have continual faith in Christ? I mean, isn't that expected? (laughs) Well, here's... I want us to think of this. Here's the thing. We would think that these Christians must have had a really strong faith. Right? It, it must have been a faith that never, you know, never wavered. Right? It, it must have been a faith that had, can move mountains. You know? It's a faith that's looked upon the world you know, as extraordinary because it's so strong. I mean, wouldn't that type of faith promote gratefulness to God from the apostle? I mean, isn't that what he's looking for and and wanting to hear from these churches that he established way back a couple of years ago in Ephesus? I mean, obviously, yes, of course, that type of faith would, you know, promote thankfulness to God. But that is not what was reported to Paul. And that is not what motivated him to be thankful in the Lord. Their faith was far from perfect or strong. It's far from the stereotypical sense of what we might consider amazing. It was far from being exemplary exemplary in the sense that it was never seen before. How do we know this? Well, if you go to chapter 2... And you'll see that Paul has to remind them in that chapter that they're saved by grace through faith alone and not of works. 
Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 9, Paul says, says that in, in this particular section very bluntly. For it's by grace you've been saved through faith, not of your own doing. It is a gift from God, not as a result of work, so, so that no one may boast. So the faith that they had was not a super faith. What sparked his thankfulness to God is when he heard the report that they still had faith at all. That is what brought excitement to Paul and filled him with thankfulness to the Lord. The fact that they continued in their faith, as imperfect and as weak as it may be, was what brought him joy Despite it in its inconsistencies, they still had faith in Christ. They still trusted in Jesus Christ and not the world around them or their works, ultimately, even if they were struggling with that concept. They still knew that they had to go to Christ to find their hope, to find their security, to find their identity, to find their forgiveness in Christ alone. So with all these difficulties of life coming their way and the hardships and the tears and the frustrations and and the pressure of trying to make it in this world, with the constant temptation of the world trying to bring them back into the ways of lust and greed and selfishness and envy and strife, they, by the grace of God, through faith in Christ, still ended up saying, I trust in God alone and nothing else. And that is what made Paul so thankful in the Lord. And this brings us to our second point of how to grow thankful in the Lord. Remember the love Christians have for each other. Paul also, right, was very thankful to God for them because of their love for all the saints. Or more specifically, their continual love for all the saints. And this too, we may easily think that their love must have been extraordinary, We may think like, man, I wish I lived back in the New Testament times to experience the type of love that was there. I've heard that over and over and over again. I've even said it myself. But here's the thing. Guess what? Their love was far from perfect. Paul later in chapter 4 will address this. For example, in chapter 4, verses 2 through 3, he says, "...with all humility and gentleness and patience, bearing with one another in love..." eager to maintain the unity in in the spirit of bond and peace. There was an issue between the Gentiles and the Jews at that time. So they had issues amongst themselves, as the later chapters will reveal. But Paul was grateful to the Lord because the love was there amongst them, even if it wasn't mind-blowing or consistent. But with that imperfect love that they had towards each other, It was able to be seen and spoken about. It was not just an abstract thing that was, but it was grounded in their actions towards each other. The fruit of love was blossoming, even if it was small. The love they expressed was all about looking for ways to encourage one another in the Lord, even if they fumbled and stumbled about. So that is what brought Paul excitement and thankfulness thankfulness to to the Lord because through the report that was given to him, through all the muck and the mire, he saw the constant love that was not there before. People from all backgrounds and ethnicities and cultures had a love for each other. As imperfect as it may be, Paul was thankful to the Lord for it. So through the report given to Paul of them, 
even with the bad and sinful stuff that he will address in this letter, Paul saw the hand of God working in their life and he wanted them to know that and that he was grateful to God for it. They had encountered grace through faith and their life was now on a new direction. And as small as the changes may seem to be, the change was there. And Paul was so grateful to the Lord when he heard it. But you might ask, well, how can he be grateful when obviously in the letter he, you know, he points out their failings in these things? Well, remember... He started off this section of scripture with, for this reason, because of all the blessings that they have in Christ through faith, he knows now they are in Christ, since they have faith in Christ, that their faith now is, is seeing that since they are now in Christ, their faith, okay, follow me, their faith and their love is seen as perfect because of Christ's finished work on their behalf. So this is why Paul was encouraging them in what they already already were in Christ. He's saying, you're on the right path. God's workings within your hearts are being seen through your faith in him. Your constant trust and fruit of of your love towards each other is revealing that you are a true people of faith. So keep going. Keep trusting and it will work out for you in Christ because he has done everything for you. Just trust. That's what grace is. And this brings us to our third and final point of how to grow in thankfulness. Actively look to encourage others in the gospel. So you might ask, well, how does this apply to me then? Let's get specific here. Nitty gritty. Let me ask you. Are you looking to encourage other Christians in their faith, even if it is weak and waverly, so you can be thankful to the Lord for what he is doing with them? Are you able to be thankful to the Lord for the work that he's doing in them, even if you know there is a lot more that needs to be done? Can I get an amen? Do you get excited that God's amazing grace is working in the lives of those around you? And do you jump at the chance to tell them and encourage them in the grace of God, even if it is really small things in the faith? Or do you purposely look over those things because Christians should be doing it anyways? You know, whatever Christians should be doing, whatever that is. And so you treat what they're doing as common and are kind of cold to those around you because you expect it of them. Do you only get excited and thankful to God when people go beyond your expectations of what a Christian faith may look like? Do you roll your eyes when other Christians mess up and look down on them because they're not in the place of maturity in the Lord that you think they need to be? 
So you're not thankful to the Lord for all the other things that's going on in their life. Like, for example, in our context, just the fact that they're continuing in faith and trying to love others as imperfect as it may be. So to be blunt, I'm asking, what do you see as success in the Christian life? What do you see as as a successful Christian to be thankful to God for them? Because for Paul... It was simply the fact that they had continued, continual faith in Christ and had a continual, visible, tangible love for the Christians around them, even if it was not like his or on the same maturity level as his. The fact they were still believing and loving each other is what brought excitement and thankfulness to the Lord for him. Does it for you? Now, I'm not, I'm not saying you can't speak to others about their sins, and I'm not saying you can't help people mature in the Lord. I'm not, I'm not saying that. Neither is Paul. As you see, he addresses issues. We're talking about the thankfulness heart, though. That's what we're getting at. Not a bitter one and a frustrated one. What I'm and Paul is revealing is that we need to see people through the gospel of God's grace and remember what they are and who they are in Christ and what He has done for them by faith alone, even if their faith is small and frail and weak. We need to gracefully point them to Jesus so they can continually grow in Him and we can continually grow in thankfulness to God for what he's doing in them. So let me be real with you. If, for example, I'm going to take a situation. If, for example, you're going through a hard time in life, and it seems that everything is kind of just going wrong, and you're trying to figure out how to be thankful in the Lord, you believe in Christ by faith, but you're just not feeling it. Well, one of the things you can do to spark that thankfulness to God is to engage, talk with, fellowship with, befriend those around you at church, other Christians. So rather than judge people and, and speak to them and, and, and say things in your brain like, you did what? Or like, wow, your faith is weak. I'm not going to touch you. I don't want to catch that, whatever that is. Instead, of, instead, earnestly look for God. This is what we do. We earnestly look for God's hand working in their life, like Paul was. Look for ways that you can help people see God's hand working in their life that they would not even realize. Help them see Christ's finished work on their behalf through faith in Him and that He has covered all their sins. He has covered all their failures. He has covered everything for them. Remind them of how God has their back and the cross is the historical proof of His love for them. Listen to their story. Bring to light all that God has done, to them, done for them 
thus far, even with their small and imperfect, their imperfect faith, and point them to Jesus. Remind them that they have favor and love of God upon them right now, even if they have major failings in their life. That even though they might be distraught in their current position in life, like their job or living situation or family situation or physical situation, remind them God truly does love them and He is not forsaking them. He has not forsaken them. That even if they are sick and they are hurting and they can't quite see what's going on, remind them that God is not punishing them, but He is for them and He's working His power to bring them betterment in Him even if they can't see it or feel it or remember it. Remind them. It's all by grace. We just trust and that's it. Faith is not a feeling. That even though they may have caused so much pain in others' lives and people won't forgive them for it, that Christ has forgiven them for it and He loves them. That even if they have a non-believing friend, a non-believing spouse or a child or sibling, that Christ can still save them and they haven't been too far gone from Him. For God loves sinners and encourage them in that. That there is hope. And pray with them. And guess what? If you actively do these things, you will end up being thankful to God for what He's doing in the lives around you and your, your faith will be strengthened because your eyes are off you. That's the problem. We just think about ourselves too much and not enough about God. And not only that, you will end up increasing your love for the Christians around you who were just once strangers to you or acquaintances. You will end up seeking their betterment in Christ. It just ha- this, this just happens as a consequence of having faith in Christ as you interact with other Christians. You end up being thankful to the Lord for them. Or really, you just end up being thankful to God more and more every day because you're constantly being blasted with the work of His hands. You're seeing it all the time. And you realize God is here. He hasn't left. He's so much there. Because you're constantly seeing the work of His hands amongst His people. This is why we read in verse 16, I do not cease to give thanks for you. This is that A part, right? We'll get to B next week. So even though Paul was in prison when he wrote this letter, he was thrilled at what God was doing and thanked God for his grace in the workings with sinful people. Why would that matter? You know, why does it matter that... That he, why does it matter that he lets them know that he never ceases to give thanks to God for them? Why, why, does that, why should we know that his thankfulness of God is through this? Well, here's the reason why he is thankful to God for these Ephesians. Because it, ultimate, it ultimately reveals that God is making good on his promise of the gospel message of grace. 
that God is graciously bringing and providing and maintaining salvation to broken, sinful, weak people who could never do it on their own, you and me. And not only that, that God is also graciously working his love in them, people who by nature are selfish, prideful, and hateful, you and me. God is making good on his promise of the gospel in that they have been freed from the world and its power through faith in what his son has accomplished for them. And nothing in the world can break that or stop that or take that away if you have faith in Christ. This is why Paul's so thankful to God and for God for what he's doing. That even though we fail again and again and again and again and again and again before him. Christ is still making good on his promise of making sure that he will not lose a single person who is in his hand by faith. See, Paul is revealing that without the power of God in our life, the continual faith that we have and the continual fruit of love would never happen because the world wouldn't let it. You're not strong enough. But thanks be to God that he is more powerful than the world and our sinful dark hearts. For the gospel is the true power and victory for us. We have been freed from the world. How can you not be thankful to God for that? How can you not want to help other Christians see that grace in their life? Help them see that God has and will provide everything we need to be in favor with Him because of His grace over us through faith in Christ. So because of the gospel of grace that we have by faith in Jesus Christ, we always have a reason to be thankful to God in this world no matter our circumstances. For Christ has done it all for us through faith in him alone. Amen? Okay. Well, with this, we're going to go ahead and we're going to take the Lord's Supper here. And let me tell you, the, the Lord's Supper, right, we, what we have here, this is for believing Christians, those who have professed faith. We, when we take this, we are not taking it because we are worthy. Because you're not. We are taking this because we were reminded that we're not worthy, but Christ was on our behalf. 